0: Alright, so this is the first inaugural episode of the Hagen's Alley Books Podcast. Um, Basically, what this podcast is going to be doing is literally just shooting the shit with a bunch of people that I know from all over the community. They don't have to be prolific. They can be involved in stuff. They can just be supportive and cool as shit. Um, I think that today... Uh, as you can see on the, you know, screen and in the descriptions, I think he, he falls into both categories. What what do you think here, uh, David? Uh,
1: you know, I actually kind of feel that way. Maybe I do fall into both categories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's pretty much how everybody that I know and I talk to, like everybody falls into like the we can shoot the shit and just drink a beer type category. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I'm
1: gonna grab a beer now. You- it's
0: a good idea. I and so the format of this podcast is going to be completely off-kilter, have a beer, shoot the shit, no rules, just talk about what's going on, um, and it's a good venue to talk about what the hell's going on with some of my upcoming books, too. Um, yeah. I mean, you can hear David getting his beer right now, and that will not be edited out. That's exactly how it goes. I don't do any editing. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling good now. There we go. There we go. This. There we go. You can't forget about the beer, man. Oh, no. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers, man. Um, So, David, go ahead and um, do a real quick little impromptu introduction.
1: Oh, so I, I'm guessing about myself?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, I'm, you know, my name's David Ortiz. I'm the founder and musical director of Mariachi Entertainment System. It's a... Uh, it's a video game music cover ensemble. Um, we were founded about oh goodness, what year? Are we I guess three years ago.
0: It's been a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, I
1: feel like it. You know, it's it's been it's been it's it went really quick. But uh, yeah, you know, we're um, we're I'm doing work right now on uh, a super secret project. I can't say anything about but super hopefully, secret. Um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah, people will get to see some of my work a little bit and. Uh, you know, oh, we're I guess we're primarily a YouTube channel. We've done some live stuff, but yeah, but uh, that's what we do.
0: So the super secret one is it going to be Mariachi Entertainment System involved, or just David Ortiz, or do you have a different uh, name?
1: Good question. No, it, this is uh, Mar- uh, Mariachi Entertainment System uh, involved. Uh, nice. As, uh, Mariachi Entertainment System will be credited uh, with the body of work that we're involved in
0: so as you know with content because you do create youtube channels um mm-hmm. this stuff is forever so basically right. people go back and listen to this and be like oh that's the project they were talking about so right, like, right. I, I i have a hint i already kind of kind of know where it's going so it, it is super, super freaking rad man i congrats on getting involved with that project
1: yeah man i appreciate it man i'm kind of uh, shitting bricks right now about it, but you know what? I, I'm pretty <laughs> confident that it's gonna be. It's, I mean, it's been a a major blast, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's one of those things that people necessarily like really notice, but uh, you know, we'll put it out there, and I think yeah. people will enjoy it. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I, I think that um, once it comes out, that's gonna be a breath of fresh air, and that'll be part of what I'd like to shoot the <laughs> shit with you about today is literally the content creation aspects because we've both had our shares of ups and downs with crazy projects. Sure. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's many a night we're probably both sitting here shooting the shit and drinking a beer and like, (laughs) oh, what the hell are we going to do next?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going through that. You know what? But you really helped me, man. You know, the last few... Uh, actually, last I guess the last couple of weeks, you and I have been talking. Uh, yeah. It's been really, really helpful for me, you know, and, and just getting back into uh, kind of a really, really good rhythm that I'm enjoying right now. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's no problem. And, like, seriously, I get into the same type of slumps, like, and I get it. And that's the thing mm. that, like, a lot of people don't realize out there is that, like, time does go by fast, but... It also <laughs> goes by fast into where, like, oh, where'd the time go? Right. I gotta get shit together. Oh, yeah. And yeah, family absolutely. happens, man. And, and that was <sighs> one of both of, like, what we were both hitting on is that, like, we want to spend as much time with family as possible. Mm-hmm. And, it like, it's tough because we got all these do-outs, all this crazy stuff we need to accomplish, and, like, family also has to be budgeted in that time
1: yeah you know i kind of think of it like <clears throat> i don't you know this is really personal but like for me uh you know my mom and dad like didn't really have like a like a real healthful relationship uh when i was growing up it became healthy later but uh you know so like my dad he was there in and in, in, you know in a producer kind of way like he was there financially um but like not really time wise and then uh, and I really didn't want to be like that as a dad, you know i, I think
0: uh, I know exactly what you're talking about,
1: <laughs> you know what I mean and so like so i I kinda I kind of tend to think the opposite, well, not the opposite, but I kind of tend to think like it's not really to me about budgeting family time. it's like to me, family is everything, and then I have to budget everything else, you know well, so
0: that is an actual um really good way to look at it and i mean for for real cuz like like you you're mentioning the parent thing that kind of hits home too because like my dad would be the one who wouldn't show up to band concerts or you know um drumline sessions or yeah. track meets that i was in or anything concerts anything like mm-hmm. he he would never show up so i'm the one okay. who like today i was swimming with my daughter in the pool right like, all day <laughs>
1: yeah and it's just, it's awesome man like i I know that you know i don't have to ask you i don't think we've ever talked about it, but I know <clears throat> when you get to share those things like things that you enjoy and share them with your kids it's just it's like the greatest thing that you could ever do and so i mean like the greatest thing in in terms of like it just feels good you yeah. know just so yeah it's been it's been cool enjoying music with my
0: son you yeah. know so so actually I got a story that I haven't told anybody. Here's, oh, here we here's, go. here's a good one. Um, mm. So sharing things that we're creating. Um, I've been working on a book with my daughter for the past oh. year. And it's my daughter's name is London. It's London's Big Book of Ponies. Ooh. And so like we've literally been taking my little ponies, making them big on the screen. And then I'm taking what she <laughs> says verbatim and transposing <laughs> it on the book. So it actually finished it. Like last week with her and it's been over wow. a year and the funny thing is is you you can see the impact it's had on her because not only does she enjoy it but i've like we, we take her to um aftercare when she gets done with school and she just graduated kindergarten so she came to me and she's like daddy i made you a book and she actually made me a book where she drew the pictures and everything on each page. Oh man! Like
1: that is super cool, man. That just happened. Eww, like that, man, <laughs> I think I would lose my shit, man.
0: Dude, fuck! <laughs> i just saying. It, and my daughter is six right now. That's awesome. man. And, and so, like, so you can see, like, just the the fact that I'm spending time with her, and we we were sitting here going through pages and. Like she's not really even into My Little Ponies that much anymore, like right. at all. No, she's moved on. Like right, right, right. She's she's actually all about Mario Brothers and and um, oh. Princess Peach right now.
1: Oh, here we go. See, now we're <laughs> we're on the common ground here. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. That's cool.
0: But like, yeah. So we finished up that pony book, and now I'm I'm getting a cover done by uh. Yeah, I know a lot of artists with you know involved with all my book releases and. It's actually going to have a really cool cover. And then I'm going to print like four copies because I don't think anybody's interested in My Little Pony book that that buys any of my gaming books.
1: You know, um, I I can't forget about that, man, because I guess, you know, as creators, you know, uh, we're kind of, we tend to be like prolific about creation, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And try to diversify. I have actually written a children's book and I kind of got stuck on. on uh, like the process, like how do you get it published? You know what I mean? So I need to get with you on that. Like how Just to get, get with like a printed, man. printed copy, you know, so I need to get with you on that. Yeah.
0: So that's the interesting part is I've talked to like a few other authors. And I'm like, you know, I'm a publishing company, right? Like you don't have to go through like Amazon or any of those ones where you're limited. Like I'm actually like a homegrown publishing company. I have it figured out and I can do as much or as little as somebody needs. If, that's awesome. If somebody just needs to get in contact with the printing company and make it happen, done. Like I don't need my name on it or anything. I'm just trying to help people out, make cool shit, like.
1: <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to remember that for sure For sure, got man. A kid's, got a kids book. It's going to be badass.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Like and and that's the thing is like that's a huge market is just like the children's book aspects and like my my little pony book wouldn't go anywhere because I'm not going to get it um or I don't have it licensed by Hasbro. So if it's not oh. licensed by Hasbro, it's likely <clears throat> not going to go anywhere. I probably could get it licensed, but then I would have to go crowdfunding with it and right. <laughs> it's a my little pony book. <laughs> I don't have a right, right, I don't right. have an innate like fan base for that. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I was
1: about to say get your compendium fans to Hey man, can you take a look at this My Little Pony thing while you're at it? <laughs> yeah, you know, It's exactly. be a tough sell.
0: It's a classic though. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I, I, fig- um, overcome like tons and tons of like ups and downs with these older books. That it's like I'm not gonna dig into that with a pony book, but it was like what well, we were talk We were talking about something like last week, and you're like, man, you're making good progress, and. Like, I'm in good spirits, and I'm like, oh, you haven't read my last update. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally like, I think it's over $10,000 in the hole right now with my last book, really. <laughs> like, Jesus.
2: <laughs>
0: Jesus, man. Talk about stress. And the the thing is, though, is that this isn't my day job. So right. I'm doing this on the side. So even when I have the printing company that, that – sent a mistake where they didn't have adhesive on some of the spines of the books not all of them but some and then my warehouse dropped the ball and they're supposed to check every book and they ship them all out with the errors
1: so like would you spend would you want it to be
0: would i want what
1: would you want it to be like your your main uh source of income
0: so, I've went back and forth with my wife about it because, obviously, anything that has to do with, like, the entire family, I shoot it with right. my wife. Um, sure. And, like, on my current job, I'll be retired in about six years. Jesus, And... Because I'm an active-duty military. I've been active-duty military for forever now, for, like, 13, yeah. 14 years now. So, yeah. like, right now, my job is super, super busy. Wow. And, like, but come six years from now, I could retire. But the thing is, is I probably would do the books only if mm-hmm. the convention scene is the same as it is now. Oh, okay. Because right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Because, I mean, the conventions right now, there's, like, one every weekend. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> if I was going to do my books and I would go to conventions every weekend – I could literally have could a be place to sell. It, that would be easy. Right. But do I want to travel every weekend? Yeah. Because any weekend you don't travel is sales. Mm-hmm. Losing out. <clears throat> <laughs> man,
1: that's a tough thing to negotiate, man. It's
0: a tough thing to talk about, yeah. Cause, yeah. But the thing is, though, is that like family can come with. I mean, so right. something, something I can budget. Wife and daughter to travel. If my wife wants to travel, daughter definitely. Yeah,
1: I I feel like I miss that. Like with, uh, like with music, you know, it's. I don't know, man. I feel like with music, when you're when you're musician and you start doing this thing, like this travel thing, Mm -hmm. like you're either going to make it lucrative for yourself by like always traveling, like just being always ready to go, Mm -hmm. or like you're gonna be like me and like. Take gigs that are like, oh, this is a cool idea, and then you just lose money, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so yeah, like I, I feel like that, that phase of my life kind of already passed, where I'm kind of like, you know, I, even if I wanted to take my family, it would, it would be like a vacation. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to take this gig out of town. I'm taking the family, but basically I'm paying for it, you know?
0: Hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. The whole goddamn cat! My cat getting away.
0: <laughs> is yeah. that what that is? The cat?
1: Okay. Yeah, man, my dude, my cat. <laughs> my cat has schizophrenia.
0: We got, we got cat, we got cat action here on the cast. It's mm. awesome, cat cast.
1: <laughs> dude, my cat, my my cat straight up has schizophrenia. Like, yeah. you know, and I, I actually uh, my my day job is in uh, treating, helping to treat patients with severe cases of schizophrenia.
0: Okay.
1: And so I don't say it lightly when I say my cat has schizophrenia.
0: Damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For real your cat has schizophrenia. For like
1: for like legit but good thing she's behaving right now, so we're alright, we're gonna live.
0: <laughs> it's classics though. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's the thing though, is that like the difference between picking something you're passionate about and then picking just everything and anything though, it, it also could lead to burnout and all of that too, and then it wouldn't end up being what you expected, so There's, like, a happy medium, I think.
1: Somewhere in there. Yeah. I can't find it, but it's in there somewhere. (laughs) I've I've heard of it or heard people talk about it.
0: Well, I mean, there's one thing with striking, uh, having lightning strike or striking the iron while it's hot at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, with my just, my complete NES book that I released, I literally hit lightning and, like, it exploded and got popular. And right. I could easily release it a year later to a lot less fanfare. Like, like literally, I was one of the first to the first to print per se. <laughs>
1: you know, that's it's a really important thing that you're doing. You know, these these documents, um, they're, they have a historical value. You know, uh, it's really important that uh, things like this get documented and and put out there. So <clears throat> you're very important, man.
0: I'm very important. Thank you. Thank you, Sid Yeah, man. Yeah, you're <laughs> hella important. I'm just, I'm just a crazy ass dude, just like, just like you, just like everybody else, man. <laughs> and yeah. the thing that was interesting though is one, one of my, um, one of the guys who just got the newest book said something today that was interesting. It kind of struck a little bit of a, a chord, a good, a good chord. But he was like, dude, and this is a very prolific collector. Like he has a lot of stuff. He takes high-quality pictures of, like, games all across the internet, like, and basically he said, dude, it's like, until I get your books in print, I don't know what I need until I see it all in front of me with, like, the short synopsis. So, he's talking about Mm -hmm. the Super Nintendo book with the Super Famicom games, and he's like, dude, I see all the names, I see all the ROMs and everything online, but he's like, until I see it all visually, it doesn't click. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Damn, that's exactly why I'm like I'm addicted with creating these type of books."
1: Yeah, man, hell yeah.
0: And the thing is, though, is that like I could say the same about like the stuff that you guys are putting out because you're putting your own cultural spin on classic <laughs> tunes.
1: Yeah, man, <clears throat> that's weird. I don't think I really thought of it that far. <laughs> you know, like when we first started. I mean. I-
2: yeah.
0: Like
1: I kind, I kind, like basically, I thought as far as like this will be cool. Like I just, you know, and, and basically only my opinion, you know. Like
0: um. Yeah, you, you're I, like, oh, this might be something that would be cool to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you know, and and
1: I, I uh, I, I imagine that there are a lot of aspiring creators and aspiring like YouTube artists out there. Oh yeah. Where where like there's a there's this sort of myth about how you dream about going viral and that sort of thing. <laughs> and, and there's, there's a degree of truth to it, but like, it's more like, it's more like there's a part of you that knows it's a fantasy, you know? Yeah. Where like, you know, and, and you, and you do, you fantasize, you, you sit there and you like, imagine you waking up and there's a million views and whatever, all that shit. But when it actually happens,
2: <laughs> when it it's happens. like,
1: it's, yeah, when it actually, it's nothing like what you imagine, number one, you know? And, um, and and there's um you 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 kinda just think like even though you fantasize it about it all this time, you're like, I didn't think this would ever happen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um and so yeah, like I guess going back to that it's just like when I thought of that I was just like, This'll be fun. And um and it and it was and it was, and it is. Um so to see people's reaction to it still somehow was surprising and it still continues to be surprising. I don't really know I don't know why. Like it seems obvious to me. Like I don't know why no one else has done it. Like oh, I'm just like waiting
2: for someone
0: else to do it. That's how you know it's truly a cool thing. Is when people go, "Why hasn't that been done before?" Right, right. And it's awesome. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, and that could be said about like multiple different content creators currently. Is mm-hmm. that like you, you you're doing something that's like, oh my god, that's amazing, and it,
1: it's. It seems obvious to me. Like, it, it seems really obvious, and yet it—it it, um, no one seems to be doing it. And I'm just like, any day now I'm going to wake up, and some other mariachi out there is going to do exactly all the things that I'm thinking because it just seems that obvious to me. And they're going to beat me to it, and I'm just like, but it hasn't happened. And so I guess I better knock on wood. i am just knock on wood.
0: Well, here's the thing is, even if they do, you've already set the bar – high enough to where especially with not only with the talent of the musicians but like the production value that mm. they would just come off as a as a copycat it wouldn't even be close.
1: All oh, right. Man, that would be weird. <laughs> it would be, weird. Would, like, it like would be weird. Like like literally
0: like your the bars too high, I would say. That's that's probably why you haven't seen anybody. Um, <laughs> of well, of course. A- of course now like me being the um the collector, let's say or the um I go a little prolific on VGBS quite a few times too, like setting your mark in history, so right now you've released via YouTube you have and of course we talk we talk about like producing content and the Kickstarter that you've done uh-huh. um, so oh, once yeah. you once you get that stuff out there, like you get the release, especially I was like a big advocate of pushing you to try to do like a vinyl. And like Uh getting your stuff out there on like classic vinyl and classic audio styles Mm. and formats—that's your—that's a legacy at that point. Right. Because to me, YouTube, the internet, everything is finite. Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. When you when you have like you know like you were saying like a vinyl when you have when you start having things that like people collect. Yeah. uh, You know, there's there's this. There's just this thing, this like immortality, <laughs> you
0: well, know. And then when you go to conventions, guess what? You got T-shirts you can sell. You got vinyl you can sell, and you literally can make some money, yeah, to pay your the conventions. Otherwise, you're just getting paid to play. And I think we've talked about it before, like you're moving an entire mariachi band. You have to pay the players. You have to move all the equipment. Like that's expensive.
1: It's, it's, it's extremely expensive. There's, you know, and then, like, my thing is, like, dude, uh, this is, I don't know how much of the problem this is, but, like, man, I do not care about money at all, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can, like, I feel like at times I just, I cannot be bought, you know? Yeah. Uh, and It's uh, actually so a, really like,
0: good, um, a really good <laughs> thing to
1: have. You know, like, um, and I, I, I'm, I don't mean to throw anybody into the bus here, but, like, MagFast reached out to us, like, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And there was this thing where they wanted us to basically take, like, less than half my group to MAGFest, you know. And, uh, you know, I really, and, and initially I was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it for the sake of just being at MAGFest and having that experience and everything. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, number one, like, how do I tell the other half of my guys, like, you're not going? You know, and how do I choose which ones do and which ones don't? You know, um, like like all those logistics. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? No, like I wrote these arrangements for 11 people. And you know what? I'm just not going to do it. And so I passed that up and I said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. And, you know, of course, it's um, they haven't reached out to me since, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, of course, they wouldn't. Why would they, right? Well, well, Uh, why
0: would they is because you're still out there and you're still doing something that nobody else is doing the thing that they should realize is that i mean there's two things you just mentioned there number 1 is the personalities that you're dealing with with mes like mm-hmm. you don't want to step on anybody's toes or let let anybody f- like feel left out and that's why you have such a tight-knit group mm-hmm. and then number 2 is the integrity of the actual music if you brought half your band it wouldn't even be the it wouldn't be mes it'd be something else. It wouldn't.
1: Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't. And I would just, yeah. you know, when we get that all the time, like, especially as mariachis, like we have, you know, mariachi is weird. Like even in the, uh, traditional side of the music, man, you can make a $50,000 living playing mariachi. Like if you're halfway decent, like you can do it. And because there's always work, especially in this area, you know, in San Antonio, you know, there's, yeah. there's always work. And, um, you always get people that just want to shortchange you. You know, like they don't really want to pay musicians. They just go, how much for an hour? And you tell them, yeah, 350 And they want to shortchange you. They want to go, well, how about if you only bring two guys? You know, mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. then? And you're kind of like, dude, come on. Man. You
0: know, you you, know, you tell them, you're like, <laughs> oh, then it's 750 Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah,
0: that's like, a good idea. That's like, I mean, idea. it's going to be harder. So then it's going to cost more money. There's only two yeah, of us. Yeah. We got to play okay. 11. We have to play 11 pieces. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no you know what i'm gonna start doing that i'm gonna take your advice on that one.
0: hell yeah like, be like oh you want me to only bring half my band will cost double the amount because i'm gonna still pay those other guys
1: <laughs> yeah for sure and you know what i, I do this thing man and it, and it i know i come off as a total dick but i really don't care like sometimes they will call and they'll say how much for mes and i'll say it's like 1500 bucks an hour and a minimum of two hours you know yeah. And really, like, the reason I say that is not because I think we're worth it. It's because, like, the amount of work we'd have to put in to, like, prepare for that is so much. And then, like, I kind of just want them to say no. And then we don't have to do the work. Like, we have other things to worry about, you know.
0: Well, um, it's one of those things. It's like, how much is your time worth? Because it's time. Yeah. yeah. And that's
1: basically what it comes down to. And I'm really okay with them just going, like, well, that's way too much money. And sometimes, I'll, you know, like, once time this lady called. She said, can you come and play Star Wars, you know, the, your Star Wars thing at the at the wedding? We really want a mariachi today. I said, sure, you know, and I gave her this ridiculous price. And uh, she says, well, no, I don't think we're going to go with that. And I said, that's that's fine. That's great. Don't, you know, you don't have to. I said, and she says, do you know any any other mariachi that plays Star Wars? No. And I said, uh, good luck. And she called back a day later and she was like, okay, we'll pay it. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, okay, sure, why not?
0: I think that kind of goes almost like hand in hand with like my first year when I was uh, doing my book releases to like this year. Mm -hmm. Because like the first year I was – because I was on the East Coast and there's conventions everywhere. And I was literally going to conventions all over the place. Like I think I went to 13 or 14 conventions the first year. And it was freaking nuts. It was like every weekend. And I wasn't taking any time off work. I would go to work Friday, get off work. Mm -hmm go to the convention, stay till Sunday night, go back and go to work on Monday. Jesus, man. Like, I was burn, getting burned out, but the thing was, I was getting my name out there. It was cool. Um, mm. But then, like, I realized when I did my my taxes how much money I spent doing that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, like you were saying, like money is like kind of a hindsight-type aspect, and mm-hmm. I was like, I looked at it, and I'm like, ooh, I'm thousands in a hole now. That's not good. And I live, mm. like, I'm the dude who, I'll stay on a floor with a bunch of buddies at too many games, and I'll bring a blow-up mattress and sleep on the floor and share mm. share prices. I don't care. And that still was thousands in the hole. It was crazy. Like, I'm talking about cutting costs at every aspect. So, like, this year, though, I'm only going to places that I'm invited to. <laughs> and so, like, I've had dozens and dozens of people going, so you're going to too many games this year, right? And I'm like, well, I wasn't invited. Like, what do you mean you weren't invited? I'm like, um, well, every other year I was 45 or I was not 45 minutes, but like two hours away. And that's from where I lived. And I'm like, well, I moved down to Texas now. And like, they don't invite me because I'm not part of Screenwave Media or I'm not like a YouTuber. I'm, you know, I do oh. other type of media. And I'm like, and every other year I would just go out there. And I'm like, I can't really afford to do that so if they want to invite me i will go out there any convention wants to invite me and i can get the time off work i will be out there like don't care how big
1: (laughs) yeah man dude that's that's nuts man it's a lot of cons so
0: so this year i have three for the rest of the year
1: where are you going i mean you've yeah where are you going
0: so classic game fest in austin In austin yep They invited me out, so I was like, "That's cool." That one is a weird one though, because there are three conventions that weekend in Texas. Really? There's Let's Play over in Dallas, which is by my buddy Christian, which I didn't know it was the same weekend. I would have okay. went to his convention because he's a you know a good buddy of mine. Like, but I committed to Classic Game Fest before that. Um, really? And then there's a Retro Palooza that weekend too. I think in Houston. Really. And they may or may not have canceled that one. I'm not sure because there's literally three conventions that same <clears> weekend. Like, that's crazy in Texas.
1: Yeah, we got invited to Classic Game Fest in Austin. But, um, can you make yeah, it, it was, work?
0: Is the question.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough with cons. Like, and then I feel like we got kind of spoiled. Like, uh, we have packs South here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And we do it every year mostly because, and this is one of those things, it's like that, you know, they don't pay. <laughs> You know, they give us like a little space to, to sell merch and stuff, but they're like, you know, their handlers just treated us so well that first year that we did it.
2: There you
1: go. Uh, you know, and they were just so nice and so accommodating. And then like the second year that we did it, they were, you know, also they just just treated us really, really great. And they just have a lot of respect. And so that went a long way for me. And so even though they don't pay, I'm just like, no, we'll do it because these guys are cool.
0: Well, there's also um, the logistics is that they're in San Antonio. The
1: logistics, the logistics helps, but like you know, even with like classic Game Fest, and you know, I'm not trying to say that they're not cool, um, but I feel like I kind of hold everybody now to this standard, <laughs> you know, uh, where you know that like like PAX was just you know so accommodating again, and, I don't
0: think and there's any reason not to hold everybody to to a certain standard.
1: Yeah, man, I get weird about it, man. I get weird about it because nobody wants to nobody wants to pay musicians, well, you know, just for your for thing, your time. Though,
0: if you did didn't have those standards, you would wouldn't be able to make it work. Right. That's the thing. You literally couldn't do it. So there's no reason to not have the standards. You might as well. And I mean, if they can't have you out, they can't have you out. Right. I mean, I, there's only a few it, places that do music that I that I see at conventions too now.
1: Oh, really? Really? You know what, I, mm-hmm. and I'm not even that like brushed up on my con. So like Classic Game Fest, like it's not really, I don't even know how that works. Like they have music there, I'm guessing, right? I mean, and they have,
0: but I don't know. They're, if they're one of the biggest it. retro gaming ones. I've never been. This is the first mm-hmm. year I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. But they're one we of the We have to biggest. grab a beer, man. Oh, hell yeah.
1: That's in July,
0: right? That is in July, correct.
1: July. What's the date on that? It's like late July, right?
0: Yeah, it's near the near the end of July. It might be in the twenties. I I have so I have this little cool thing on my um on my calendar where I link my iPhone and I can check it and it'll go right to my website <laughs> and it'll say like what my next convention is. So it is the twenty eighth and the twenty ninth. It's over on HagansLA dot com. You can see it too. And I can put like if it's a, if I have a panel or whatever's going on. And so yeah, like. Classic Game Fest is the 20th and 29th, literally at the end of the month in July. Um, And then I'll be going to Game On Expo in Arizona, Mm -hmm. which is my buddy uh, Gamester81's convention. Really, really cool one. I went there last year. It was really fun. Um, Yeah. And then I'm going to be going to uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo again. I couldn't go last year, but um, I went the year before, and it was a blast man i've been thinking about that classic game fest now yeah
1: and i'm like i'm gonna go you know what i'm gonna go can i go
0: yeah you can come (laughs) come Come hang out (laughs) (laughs) well here's the thing is like the other aspect is is you don't literally have to go there to perform you can go there just to promote mas
1: that's why i was just thinking of just going just to go because i like classic
0: games and you can just go just to hang out and shoot shit and drink some beer. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm thinking. About. Have I'll you definitely. been? You
0: been to Austin? Um, I've never been to Austin. Oh man.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, you man. gotta realize I live in the middle of nowhere right now in Texas.
1: What was it San Angelo? <laughs>
0: San Angelo, middle of nowhere, oh, man. man. it's like two hours, hours to the next next town. Not even a big town.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Like, like three well, at hours least Sange- San Angelo, like there's a university out there, right?
0: Yeah, San Angelo State.
1: Yeah. Well, at least you guys have that. <laughs>
0: And, but, I mean, I'll be out here for another year and a half, two years.
1: Jesus like that. Yep. yeah. There's nothing out there. Austin is, I don't know, man. I Austin, Austin has lost a lot of its charm. You know, it's completely gentrified, but you know, a lot of it's still there. You can still find really cool stuff. You, well, you'll and have then a
0: convention is its own beast. Like any yeah. convention that goes around, is like it's its own entity and. Everybody just hangs out, and we go have drinks after the convention, or sometimes during the convention, as the last (laughs) one I went to. (laughs) Like, the last one that I just went to, because I I only did one other convention this year, and it was Midwest Gaming Classic. Mm -hmm. And that one, like, Friday night is like a a night for MVPs. And I, I had my book set up, and none of the cellar area was open, but I had my book set up outside of it. And I was sitting there just drinking with kyle from vgbs and we were just shooting shooting the shit and people were buying my books they happened the last two years like i almost sold out the night the day before the convention opens really (laughs) it happens every time and it's a good problem to have yeah it's just well the, the thing is that's crazy about my books is like once people look at them they're like oh my god then they're like well, how much is it? And I'm like, oh, that giant 500 page book, 40 bucks. It's like, right? Yeah. yeah so he's yeah. like, wait, they're like 80 dollars. Everybody else is. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I just I do this as a hobby. Pay it forward. Jesus. <laughs> yeah,
1: man. Yeah, it's, man. They're, they're beautiful, man. It's thanks. I appreciate it. No, they are, man. It's, you know, it was, uh, I was re- I I really, meant The one that you that copy that you sent me of the of the uh, SNES one. Oh yeah. Uh, you know that copy? That, I mean, I was boring over that and it was just great man and like um uh, you know the the format the, the way you have it all laid out you know and, and it's just really really fantastic to to relive all a lot of that you know
0: and that was the compendium right the compendium yes series? yeah so that was the mm-hmm. that's like our personal stories of the super nintendo and that was mm-hmm. literally just an idea i had because i was like well what about this and i already have my it's super fantastic. nintendo collector's book and i'm like but nobody's told our history ours Mm -hmm. like we've shot the shit we've talked about it on podcasts and on youtube videos but it's like it's nowhere in print
1: no i think that's fantastic i think that like all those stories like being so personal there is you know for a lot of those those experiences they're archetypal you know they 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 live somewhere in that in in our collective psyche you know in the in our experiences you know so you know when we have when we share those things and when people put it into words that we're not, you know, that we hadn't really thought of before, you know, it almost makes it new again, you know? Uh, and so it's, it's, I I don't know. I really enjoyed uh, flipping through that.
0: I thought some of the cool ones were like, because like, I had a lot of different experiences than other people too. And like, I think it was Lance Cortez, um, from Retro T V. He was talking about Mortal Kombat Monday. And I only heard about right. Mortal Monday. I only heard wow. about it and reading his stories on it and his experiences with like oh. I was like, Oh my god, this is like awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute, how old are you? So I'm thirty seven. About to be okay. thirty eight.
1: Okay, I was like, the Mortal Monday thing? Mm-hmm. God man, that was that was incredible, I man.
0: I remember, I remember it, that. but I just yeah. You gotta realize, I I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, so like it was twenty minutes to the nearest mall or nearest game, like where I could buy games, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any vehicles, <laughs> so like I never got to go.
1: <laughs> That's a trip. That's a trip, man. Because like I kind of grew up in the same way. Like I grew up in rural Texas, and it's an hour to like the nearest mall, you know, yeah. uh, and yet somehow like we like experienced that. I mean, we we drove, we drove. Several days, like in a row, to try to get a copy, starting with Mortal Monday, <laughs> you know, uh, and it, it, it was it was total pandemonium every time. <laughs> it was crazy, man.
0: It was just crazy to think about how visceral and real it was back then. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, Absolutely
1: nuts. It was
0: nuts. It <laughs> was, was crazy, and and that's the bananas. thing that's like that. I, I'm glad I was able to capture like a little bit of that in print form, like, seriously, like, some of those could be the books on their own. Like, just... <laughs>
1: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. God. For sure. Yeah, man.
0: And That's That's the thing that's going to be interesting, is, like, so with my... The Super Nintendo book, that whole release, that was with my old printing company, and I could do both print runs decently. But with huh. my new print run, my new print company, the print run has to be bigger. So if I do, like, a Sega Genesis book and then I do a compendium, they have to be two separate campaigns. So that'll be interesting. It will be. Yeah. (laughs) True, true. Like, like, I'm going to upload these podcasts to YouTube, too, so people listening will be able to see, like, my title card and everything. And Uh my next book that's coming up has been on the title card the whole time. It's Hidden Gaming Gems, Generation by Generation. So, Uh so like my first book I wrote, um, and I published it in 2012 in Europe, actually. Um, Yeah, yeah, like, (laughs) like some European publisher picked it up and did their own thing and ruined the uh, formatting, and it was crazy. Uh, Definitely not what I would would have done. And this is going to be my version of it with the giant art and it's, but it's more comprehensive reviews on. Hidden gaming gems. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you won't know about it, and hopefully you do know about some of them, and you can like remember them and play them again. But like, mm. um, I'm going over them all. I've overhauled them all. I've already have like two, three hundred and fifty pages written of my own side because I've rewritten all the reviews, Fuck. and they're like four to eight page reviews, um, craziness and. Like basically, games that are unappreciated are going to be in there too, mm. along with brand new games that nobody really knows about. So, nice. like, but it's every generation. So from the first generation, which is like Pong clones, all the way to the Switch now, with brand new stuff. Fuck. Yeah, Fuck. <laughs> it's just like insane, and it's it's out of hand for sure. And you know, the contributors are going to write their own parts too, mm. and. So it's just it's just crazy, though, man. And it's going to be live on Kickstarter after E3 this year. Um, I was going to launch it in May, but this whole uh, print run with the spine, I wanted to get everything sorted and in route and working before I did my next Kickstarter. Because, like, I want everybody to have their books perfectly. So... Now that all of that is in process, they're reprinting the entire print run of my Super Nintendo book, and then I got to send, like, over, like, a few hundred books in bulk to a repair facility. So all of that's in motion now. Jeez, man, you're a passionate guy. (laughs) Yeah, It's freaking nuts, dude. (laughs) That's a lot of work. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of stuff. It's just getting all the ducks in a row, but, like, I understand how it works.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, I
2: know what you mean. Yeah, like, so, I know the
0: process, it's all... Like, for example, anybody who got a book that had a print error, I kept put it all in a spreadsheet. So anybody who mm. messaged me, I said, hey, shoot me a picture. They shot me a picture, got it in a spreadsheet. And then i um, they'll all get a replacement, like, no cost to them. Like, just, nice. That's just how it works.
1: But, spreadsheet sounds like a good idea. Maybe I should
0: do that. Dude, I have spreadsheets on top of spreadsheets. and I <laughs> Like, for the contributors for the Hidden Gaming Gems book, I have a spreadsheet of everybody... Who wants to contribute and then I'm putting the game, the generation it was in, whether it's written or not. That way, if like somebody says, Oh, I'm writing this review and I don't have it yet, about like, hey, where's that at? And like those won't even be due till probably July for the contributors. Just how it is. But it's like Fuck, it's a lot of pieces, man. It's a lot of pieces. So it sure is. So one of the hidden gaming gems aspects is things that in new games that people don't know about, but one that we were talking about earlier, you said you've barely delved <clears throat> into it, and I've played it a little bit, is and it's also on this screen is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. God damn it. Jesus, yes. dude. I, I didn't even like I, I saw when they announced this thing like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever EGA announced it uh-huh. and I'm like, well, this should have been the fucking game to begin with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like like whatever bloodstained ends up, man, it's, it's not going to be as good as this.
1: So, so you, how much of it have you played?
0: So I played through the entire game the first time through. Okay. And one way, because I guess you gonna uh-huh. play through it two different ways. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and I really don't know. I I've played through like the first two levels, and actually, like I uh, I am happily stuck like on the I guess you could say second boss. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, so like that's where about where I'm at. But immediately, I mean, just in those first two stages, uh, I only heard about the game probably about three days ago from like a buddy on Facebook who like posted a screenshot. You know. Yeah. And he basically said, like, I'm in tears, like I feel like I'm playing Castlevania again. The thing is, like, I'm not really a big Castlevania fan, like I didn't I didn't like it as a kid.
0: I'm a um, huge Castlevania fan. Oh really? Oh my god. Yeah.
1: Is this is this similar? Is it is it So
0: this is literally a spiritual successor to Castlevania three Dracula's Curse on the NES. Oh okay. like like Dracula's Curse, you would come across other characters as you go through as as Trevor Belmont. And you could choose a different character that you could switch between.
1: Oh, okay. But you could only do
0: one other character as you meet them. So you'd have Grant, who could stick to the walls, or you'd have Alucard, which ended up being Alucard in Symphony of the Night, and he Mm. could turn into a bat. Well, what Bloodstain did was, as you go through and you defeat these gigantic bosses... So, like, the graphics, when you look at the graphics of this game... It looks like it wants to be NES, but then it overhauls all the backgrounds. The bosses Mm -hmm. are gigantic, and it just looks amazing. So it's like a pseudo NES style kind of shovel knight, basically. If you think about it,
1: right, right, yeah, 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 it was. Um, and actually, you know, I'm I'm glad you told me that because see, I was about to incorrectly cite an influence. See, I thought the thing about trading characters, and then like the way you can do it, like you can trade like mid. Right in the middle of the level. Yep. And like, you know, kind of reserve the power, like the energy level of like the other character. And I was like, oh, this is like Ninja Turtles, like the first one,
0: <laughs> you know, is. where you can just like,
1: just, you know, and I was like, oh, that's where they got that from. And I thought, this is really fantastic. You know, I really like that.
0: Well, here's, here's um, the thing to think about. Who made uh, the Ninja Turtles game? Oh, was it Ultra? Yeah, which is a off-brand of Konami. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So there is a parallel in there. Like It's not a a bad parallel because here was the thing that Ninja Turtles did that this does very well, and that is you have four characters. Ninja Turtles have four characters, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they all have their own life bar. So if you're playing through as the swordsman and your life starts to get down, you can switch over to the whip user – and continue on, and then if you find a power-up, and she has her full power, you can switch over to the swordsman and power him up a little bit. I did that in mm. Ninja Turtles all the time.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get like, you be <laughs> like, oh, man, Donatello's weak. He needs the pizza, so like, you switch over. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: So, oh, man. dude, like, and the thing is, is that, so it definitely is a spiritual successor. It doesn't quite delve into the lore like a Castlevania does. Uh-huh. So I've seen people say where it's like, it's missing something story-wise, but I don't really think it is because you know, it goes deep.
1: You know, well, okay. You know, and again, I haven't played through it, but I did think that the right, and the thing is I wasn't sure about the writing. And mm-hmm. I was like, is this, it seems like it's supposed to be really highly stylized, like both in terms of shitty Japanese translation, yeah, you know, and this sort of melodramatic, uh, narrative that's you know like kind of like a a period sort of uh writing you know uh, so i kind of felt like it was like kind of hybridized but then i thought it's kind of bad <laughs> you know uh, and i was like i'm not sure if that's like the style they're going for or well or i what. think
0: it was kind of their hands were a little tied because if they go too deep it'll be too similar to castlevania because mm-hmm. the characters i mean you literally have a Belmont Whip user, you have the same Dracula guy, and you have a, you have a sorcerer, just like Sifa in Castlevania Three. The only difference is your, your sword user is completely different, and it has all the different powers, which is really, really cool, actually. Um, now, there are a few different other things. That's why I said there's multiple ways to play the game. A lot of people don't know. It's almost kind of like an Undertale style okay so how have you played so far through once you beat the first level boss what did you do did you get the next character
1: yeah i I got the next character
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um and
1: i think that there was there was some sort of uh play mechanics that kind of encourage you to use that character yeah and so i was like okay like let me try it out and then like just in experimenting, i was like man this is really awesome like just that that um that nature of, like, experimenting where you don't know where you're going and, you know, like, you don't know, really you know what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that feeling is sort of, like, it's a really hard thing to capture. And I don't really necessarily experience it when I play, like, new games, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that one was definitely, like, like that part of playing uh, felt old and felt, but somehow fresh at the same time, so.
0: See, I think Uh, that's where the storytelling is genius, is that you actually, the story unfolds as you play the game, which mm -hmm. is an old school NES way of storytelling. And the other thing is, though, and, and, you know, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but nobody's really tried it. Some people have, obviously. But, you know, you don't have to, like, collect the character, right?
1: I didn't know that. You You can kill them. Really?
0: You can kill the orb instead of touching it. You can destroy them, and then you absorb their powers, and your swordsman becomes more powerful. The Demon Slayer becomes Whoa. more powerful. And I haven't done it yet. You can do a whole playthrough like that, and you unlock a whole different mode if you beat it like that. So if that's you beat crazy. it the way you're playing it currently, you unlock a mode. I, I think you unlock Nightmare Mode, and you play without the swordsman. That's, that's the mode that I have to play next if I continue the linear path. Mm. But if you play it the other way, I think you unlock like ultimate mode or something.
1: How do you? How long did it take you to finish the first run through?
0: Couple hours.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, it only oh, took man. me a couple hours. I mean, I'm good at Castlevania. I've been playing platformers my entire life. Um,
1: yeah, you know, I was I was noticing that too. Like, uh, you know, I'm an old platformer guy. Yeah. And immediately, I felt myself like you know all the all these memories came up where i was kind of like man this feels like ninja gaiden this feels
0: like mega man you play in ca- uh, casual mode or normal mode
1: um i think normal yeah normal so for if sure
0: you, i think the difference between casual and normal is that normal is your ninja gaiden castlevania hitbacks whereas yes, casual that, you don't get hit back i think that's the only right. difference
1: and you know what it was funny because i noticed that i noticed i noticed that uh and once again, like I don't really know a lot about games, but I do know that that's like a big design faux pas, right, where like you get hit and you go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, they included it in this game. I was like, that's really weird. I was thinking like, I thought we were past that. But it. But like I said, I'm an old platformer guy, so it didn't feel out of place to me. I just they, noticed. They
0: purposely put that in there right i was like man
1: this is fantastic the you other know, I, the I, other
0: I, classic that they put in there which i don't know if you've noticed yet because i don't know how many platforming segments you've been in but when you uh, jump you're committed you to can't that jump yeah you
1: can't you can't uh right yeah i noticed that too mm-hmm. and with the like, uh,
0: with the female whip user she jumps really high so when you're doing some later on there's like single pixel jumps you have to do you have to you have to do it perfectly or choose change to a different character that's nuts, man
1: yeah yeah uh, I definitely noticed that about jumping. I don't know. It's just, I thought they really took the elements of of those classic games and just really packaged them really, really wonderfully. Uh, I think the graphics are absolutely fantastic. I think they're superb. I like the way, like you said, with the way they, uh, they take this NES style, but they really augment the backgrounds and the bosses are huge. Um, yeah. The bosses it's, are I'm, I'm, I'm really, really crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. You know, another game that I thought, like, kind of tried to do that, but I didn't get hooked on was uh, Axiom Verge. Do you know this game? Oh,
0: yeah, Axiom Verge is like the, like a very love letter to Metroid.
1: Metroid, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I loved, the thing that, that really, I felt like Axiom Verge missed out, missed, was that. Uh, you know, with the first Metroid, even though you can really easily get lost, there was ways of knowing where you were, like, in the level design. Like, you could tell, well, I'm in this part yeah. of the map, you know, just by looking at the the blocks and that kind of thing. I felt like Axiom Verge didn't have that. I felt like it was way too easy to get lost. And I was like, oh,
0: you know. The... I, I think so, too. Like, I initially had uh, Axiom Verge. I think it was on the PS3 or PS4, whichever system. <clears throat> And then I was waiting for the Vita version to come out because I wanted to play it portably.
2: And, mm-hmm.
0: like, I, it, it either did come out or I stopped playing the Vita by then. And then the last year, the Switch version came out and then I got engrossed in it again.
1: Mm-hmm. And... Oh, it's on Switch. Yeah, and you know, the other thing about the Axiom Verge was that I felt like the weapons weren't that great.
0: Yeah?
1: Yeah, like, I feel like they didn't have as much utility as, like, like in Metroid, every weapon seemed to have like a really, really good use.
0: A good use, yeah. A lot of them were just like for range or firing, or yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't know what this is, but yeah, I, cause, it was because the fun. irony is, I do consider Axiom Verge a hidden gaming gem. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I
1: can, I can totally see that because I, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of the elements were very, you know, reminiscent, and it was fun, and I did like, uh, definitely the visual style.
0: I do agree I just felt, with the like, weaponry though. Like the weaponry, there's just like, I, there's just too many, honestly.
1: Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And they 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 kind of all all of that power gets diluted when it's you know when they separate all that you know all those weapons into like you know you're kind of like, I don't even know what this does you know yeah. I almost don't know what these weapons do.
0: Well, and that's the thing is like it's almost I relied on a few because at the lightning one or one of those. Weapons would like shoot through walls, and I would always just use that one because I could literally stand behind a wall and just kill the enemies on the other just side. Down, yeah. Whereas something yeah. else might be a little stronger or not as accurate, and this was like a giant shotgun blast of lightning. It's gonna kill everything. <laughs> so why the hell went not So so it was like the it was my argument to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch, where when <sighs> weaponry breaks, it forces you to use everything. Whereas Oxy and Virgil is the opposite. You get all these different weapons, but you only end up using a couple because there's only a couple that are really worth using compared to the others. Right. right it's for very sure. interesting.
1: You know, uh, speaking of uh, when we're talking about platforming,
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh, what about Celeste?
0: Celeste, oh my god. That one I might have to add because the thing is with like hidden gaming gems and unappreciated ones is, could Bloodstained Curse of the Moon be a hidden gaming gem? It might be because the internet is a fickle beast. Mm-hmm. It it really is like everybody covered it this week because it just came out. Who knows? Like nobody's talking about Celeste anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody was mm-hmm. talking about Celeste when it first came out.
1: Right? Yeah, that's what I felt.
0: so like Celeste, oh my god! Like that is a platforming um, dream and nightmare at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, man, that's, it's, it, it was, uh, it's easily one of my favorite games, like, of all time. And like, it's like, that's the stuff in my that top five. Been,
0: the, the games that should have been, or the, not the games, but the levels in Celeste that should have been frustrating or, like, surprisingly fluid and fun, like, where all the, the wind was picking you up and you're doing these crazy, like, jumps with multiple, like, dashes in the air and then the wind is pushing you and it's really satisfying
1: yeah the, the level design in that game is just absolutely genius man they you know the mechanics are simple and yet they're so perfectly designed and then they're like kind of designed to be exploited um mm-hmm. you know for the speedrunners. and i like i can't say enough good things about the game i think the soundtrack is absolutely dynamite uh, you know and probably my favorite part of that game is the narrative like with I think, easily. Um, I don't think that I've ever experienced any, like, work in any medium where, you know, your experience directly informs the narrative and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, You know, like, and and I felt like Celeste really, really, uh, with the writing and the the gameplay, they really, really captured that. It's it's just, it's amazing.
0: It was really interesting, too. Like, the different types of I don't know like scenarios that you came across in Celeste where you went from this crazy mountain to inside of a hotel with a ghost. Mm-hmm. To, yeah for sure. Like it was just like so varied, and each one fit well.
1: right like, yeah, I, I love that, you know, and just in from a storytelling standpoint, it's almost kind of, you know, I think my favorite thing was like at the end, where everybody like who was like your enemy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Is freaking having a cake together, you know, or <laughs> a pie, you
0: know? Everybody's yeah, having a good time at the end. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fantastic. It that was really good. It's just it's just really good storytelling at that point, and the fact that the game is like has all these extra collectibles and ev- extra things to do, but it's like you don't have to. You
1: don't have to. No, but my dumbass went ahead and platinumed that game anyway. Did you? Yeah, I did, man. It's the only game I've ever gotten a platinum trophy on. Oh, shit,
0: yes, you got cool. platinum on it, nice.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's the, what is it, like 200 strawberries, like oh all the A-sides, the B-sides, and the C-sides.
0: Oh, holy Lord. So, yeah, I, yeah, I played it on the Switch. I just played through it. And
1: and that was, that was like, it's good enough.
0: Well, it's, <laughs> I don't have the time. Like, I'm yeah, always sure. doing all this stuff, and I have, like, all these brand-new homebrew games, and, like, one thing that... Celeste reminded me of it is a hidden gaming gem on the NES, but it's a homebrew. is one of the first big homebrew games, which was Battle Kid Fortress of Peril. And it has this level layout mentality. And you mentioned a, a key thing, speedrunning, right? Oh, right. So the guy who created Battle Kid likes Mega Man speedrunning. So he created every level in that game to be, you could speedrun through it, and it's the character's almost like Mega Man, but it's one-hit deaths. Kind of like Celeste. Oh, and then you keep on making slow progress. So I think instead of like screen-by-screen screen, like you do in Celeste, it's like every four or five screens you get a save point. Battle Kid, Fortress of Peril. Mm-hmm. And there's two of them on the NES, created by Savak Games. And like that one is definitely going in my Hidden Gaming Gems book. I mean, actually, Celeste is a pretty strong candidate now that we talk about it. Yeah, man, very awesome. strong candidate to uh, to throw in there. Hell, you platinum it maybe maybe you want to write about Celeste in the book. <laughs> Man, I could I could write and talk about that game all day, man. That's one, that's one of my favorites. There we go. You know,
1: the, yeah, you
0: know
1: the and you know, like some of my favorite games like didn't age that well. Like Final Fantasy is one of them, like, doesn't doesn't age very well at all. Like if you play it now, it's kinda of like yeah, it's kinda of shitty, but uh but Celeste for sure is just it's it's way up there for me. Maybe like two or like two or three on my ranking. What was that? <laughs> oh, I was looking at Battle Kid Fortress of Peril. Like, nice hair. Hi. And I, yeah, and then like it was it's this game grumps video Oh yeah. Accident,
0: so the thing is you die <laughs> a lot in Battle Kid, so uh-huh. like that's where the game grumps get get pissed because they're playing it and dying all the time. But it has that one more go just like celeste it, it doesn't have the right. writing that celeste does obviously but it doesn't have right. that you know you don't get engrossed in the look characters this. these physics look awesome it, it's amazing it and, looks awesome man
1: it looks like oh it looks almost like ducktail
0: yeah <laughs> and and i guess it was inspired by i want to be the guy which was like a flash game um uh-huh. on the on the computer this so it was, it was based a little bit off that but yeah there's I, it's on RetroUSB.com. They're, they're for sale. Like they've been. I think it was from two thousand eight. Was when Battle Kid was released. Like it's almost it's ten years old. I think now. Or something like that. Wow, it's like, crazy. This
1: but, is great, man. Look yeah. at this game. There's a lot of things that remind me. I mean, obviously of Mega Man, but like kind of Mighty Bomb Jack. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that one.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of neat. And then, like, the bosses are, you can't get hit, so (laughs) the bosses are crazy, man. It's like, there's some intense battles. And I've actually speed ran the uh, boss fight in Battle Kid 1 um, when there was a competition, and I earned a copy of the limited edition of Battle Kid 2 by winning the speed run. (laughs) Nice. I did it faster than the ones who have the YouTube videos. It was funny, and I just posted the... Pick screenshot of my time and they're like whoa <laughs> that's hardcore i was just, i was like obsessed with it first for so long you're hardcore man. it was fun man. God, man. it's
2: I like miss. when
0: you get obsessed with a game though it's like you can't stop putting it down you can't put it down
1: yeah yeah so that's was like for from you know which one another one the uh, uh, super meat boy
0: oh super meat uh, boy was amazing
1: but probably yeah, I really enjoyed. It. But you know what? That was one of those, that, like, kind of like you. Like, I played it once. Like, I went, to, got through it. Yep. And I think that was it. Like, I didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't get all the collectibles in Super Meat Boy, but I did beat it. I did get the guy, which was actually from I Want to Be the Guy, which Balto was based on. He's actually in Super Meat Boy. I didn't know that. <laughs> the character is yeah. There's a, there's a bonus level where you can unlock him as a character, and it's like one of the most frustrating levels in, in all of gaming. <laughs> Had, had to beat that one. But, um. Yeah, I guess there's a sequel to Super Meat Boy coming out for the Switch. No way. Yeah, you get to play. I think you play as Meat Boy and Bandage Girl going after their kid now. Who's captured. Super Dr.
1: Meat Fee. Boy forever?
0: Forever. Yep, forever. Whoa. Yeah, so that's gonna be freaking outstanding when that comes out. Oh,
1: goodness, These guys are gonna make a billion dollars if they hadn't already made a billion dollars.
0: Well, and that's just it, is, like, in the music in there. I mean, there's just so many cool, like, franchises now that are coming out that just, like, just (laughs) taking the world by storm. And that's where, like, stuff like Bloodstained and Celeste are going to be lost to the ether, I think. I think so. Like, Bloodstained has ego to it. It's popular. I think all of the people in the know are going to know about Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. But here's the question. When the Bloodstained game comes out, the one that was supposed to come out, what's going to happen? Is it either going to be A, everybody's going to wish that it was Curse of the Moon, or B, it's going to overshadow Curse of the Moon and people are going to forget about it and go, oh, now now we have the real game. What do you think? I don't know, man. Because the graphics look like Castlevania Dracula X for the PSP. I don't know if you've seen that one.
1: No,
0: I haven't. So they basically took Dracula X, they put a fresh coat of paint, made it look like next-gen, and uh-huh. changed the mechanics a little, which they don't play as well as Rondo of Blood for the PC Engine CD for Castlevania. But it's like, it looks cool, but it's not as... it. I mean, graphically, it's beautiful, but it's just not quite the same as playing a pixelated Castlevania. And Right, for sure. They've now, I think, shot themselves in the foot by putting out an amazing game and... Let, and, and, like, here's the thing, though. It could still be amazing. But I think we're going to see parallels to Mighty Number no. 9, regardless. Oh, yeah? It has that same yeah. graphical polish.
1: Oh, okay. See, that, that makes more sense to me. Like, that I understand.
0: But I so think it'll see. be better graphically than Mighty Number no. 9 because that one, I think, was low-res or something. Some people were mad that the graphics weren't as nice as the demos when Mighty Number no. 9 came out.
1: Yeah, Mighty Number no. 9 had a really, really rough. Man, you know, I had a rough life. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I just think
0: that they overcomplicated the mechanics a little bit because, like, it's Mega Man, spiritual successor to Mega Man. It's just that you have to do all these complex, like, absorptions of the characters and stuff instead of just killing them and taking power. ups. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why yeah. it's tried and true, man.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I never played Mighty Number no. 9. I did hear that the, the kind of weaponry was, like, really uh, left a lot to be desired.
0: It's just, to me, it's just overcomplicated. Like, they tried to do too much and be clever with it, and, I don't know, people were just looking to hate on it anyways. Yeah, for sure. I
1: mean, Mega Man is... And they
0: got Mega Man, what is it, 11 coming out now? Yeah, now, yeah, Capcom took notice. They're going to put out Mega Man 11, and they'll probably knock it out of the park.
1: And that's another one that they... They uh, updated. They're updating the graphics on right. Finally.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, well, I mean, they I did don't... update the graphics in Mega Man Seven and Seven 8. and
1: Eight.
0: Yeah, and I'm not a fan of those. Just because but nobody. Yeah,
1: I was. I was about to say like nobody likes those. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know anybody that likes them. Let's put it that way.
0: They're not bad. Uh, they just don't control as well.
1: No, they don't. The, the mechanics are super weird.
0: Because I mean, Mega Man's bigger, so he has a bigger hitbox Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to me, it's just like he doesn't quite control like I would like.
1: And then Mega Man Nine and Ten were just great, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you go like, yeah, we made Nine and Ten, and you know we went back to the original formula, and it was great. And now we're just gonna try to do that thing where we change everything again.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, hopefully know. the controls from Nine and Ten stay with Eleven, and it just graphically looks nicer. And... Yeah, I'm hoping so. If we're lucky, they'll Wonder Boy it. I don't know if you played the new Wonder Boy. No. I'm... So, the new Wonder Boy is, you know, it's based off of the, um, the classic Master System series. And yeah. this one's like Monster Land or whatever. But you can literally hit a button and it'll change it to Master System graphics and then back to Pixel. Oh, back to like drawn cool. art. And it's one for one. Oh Some, really? Maybe Mega Man will do that, where you can hit a button, you can change it right to eight bit, and then go back up that to high rise That would rest. be cool. That would be cool. That That'd would be really cool. It'd be amazing if they did that. Mm-hmm. They do that with like For audio sure. too now, and it's like, man, if they just they do, they could just knock it out of the park.
1: Didn't they do that like with Street Fighter? Like, like, like Switch had a had a couple of Street Fighter uh, releases where they where you could change the music and think the graphics so. and the kind
0: of, yeah. The thing is, though, is that I think a lot of gamers nowadays, not the old ass gamers like ourselves, who enjoy playing all the retro stuff only, but, um, <laughs> like, mm. I think that they're getting a little sick and tired of all the, the retro style. <laughs> I, I really do. Because like when double dragon four came out last year, everybody was shitting on it. And I'm like, dude, this is literally a, successor to Double Dragon 2 for the NES which is like one of my favorite NES games of all time oh, I didn't even know
1: they made Double Dragon
0: 4 yeah Double Dragon 4 is like it's, it's literally the NES sprites with new text polys in the backgrounds and looks amazing mm. and controls just like the NES Double Dragon 4 but with extra moves and like people were just yeah. like well I expected something of an upgrade and I'm like well Double Dragon Neon's already out Right. So like this is Double Dragon 4, this is the NES style and nobody God. really liked it but Kyle and I we loved it.
1: <laughs> Man, Double Dragon was so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just,
1: and and you know what like I I never see I always thought Double Dragon was like stupid hard and like I never see it like when you see lists of like like hardest NES games, I never see it on there, you know?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: this, this game was really freaking hard like what
0: Double Dragon 3 should be on there, because Double Dragon 3 was stupid hard. God,
1: they were all hard to me, man. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja, uh, yeah, Ninja Gaiden is a beast. Yeah, that was, was a hard one, man. Battletoads was just ridiculous. Never got past that, was it, the third stage?
0: The top Turbo Tunnel?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: classics, man.
1: I never even met anybody that got past that third stage.
0: Well... You've you, you've met me. <laughs> All right, I can get there. <laughs>
1: you know what? All right, I can scratch that one off the list
0: then. I can no death run Double Dragon too. Like really? Uh, Kyle, I think is really damn close to being able to no death run Ninja Gaiden. Oh, really? That's crazy.
1: The yeah. only game that I can no death run is Mega Man Two. Like I can no death
0: run now. I Actually, beat oh. Mega Man Two yesterday, so I got the uh, the Switch collection. And oh, that just I- came out. I played the uh, Mega Man Two portably, sitting there laying on my couch yesterday, and uh, maybe it was two days ago because I played Mega Man Two and then I played Bloodstained in the same night. <sighs> I, 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 it's so hard to beat games nowadays, and I beat two games in one day. It was amazing. Man, it's
1: amazing. Too many, too many good games out there,
0: man. Well, and the the backlog is is the thing. Like I used to keep track, I just stopped <laughs> because. Yeah. Like, it was, like, crazy, because I had thousands of games in my backlog, and I'm like, well, they're all amazing, though, so what do I choose? And instead, I just kind of go with what people recommend, or what I'm playing for bullshit homework for VGBS, you know? Oh, right, 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 right. Because right now, we're we're playing some Rambo 3 for an episode, but... And the reason why I want this to be more, like, uncut and uncensored and just, like, live... Um. Is because like we're gonna record that and then it won't go out on an episode for like six to eight months whenever Kyle gets around to editing it. It's <laughs> so meticulous and it's like, eh, I'd rather it be what it is and we just have a good conversation and shoot the shit. Yeah,
1: yeah that's that's kinda of the attitude that I have about about things and yeah.
2: editing.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just, and this allows me to get, it. you know, some crazy BS off my chest about the books and promote like what's coming up and talk about the games I've been playing in real time mm-hmm. like Bloodstained just play the damn thing like it's on top of my m- mind like shit for sure. everybody's fucking playing it like like you were saying oh, I only played a couple levels well that's fine like everybody has a different experience dude. you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it doesn't, yeah for sure mastered. like we're already we, had, we went analytical into that sucker <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know yeah we got pretty deep for only having me only having played two levels
0: but you're a gamer yeah man your game yeah, where yeah. you played games your entire life, like just like me, it's like we can go off the beaten path on anything, man. And <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's the crazy thing. Yeah, so like that's the thing that I always wonder is like, is stuff like Bloodstained going to be a hidden gaming gem in the future? So like I'm just gonna be predictive in like what I'm putting into the um the book. Uh huh. And the thing is, is like I could always do a follow-up in the future to, to the book as, as a separate volume, even, just to do more games later. Oh, right, right. Always. You could always do that. And that's the thing that gets hard, is I'm starting to cover homebrew games in all my books. So, like, the NES Oddities has homebrew games in it, like brand-new games. The Super Nintendo book has homebrew brand-new games in it. And then i got to think about it, like, well, when they, people release more games for the system, what do we do?
1: You gotta make an addendum.
0: Yeah, hey, I don't want to make it like a whole new book. Like, yeah. like I've already done a definitive edition of the Super Nintendo book because there was so much extra I wanted to add. And whenever there's I read like, yeah, dude, there's gotta be a, a way.
1: There's, yeah, there's gotta be, like, you know, one thing I like, I see on YouTube channels, like, there's this uh, channel, you probably know it. Uh, Did You Know Gaming, you know this channel? Oh, yeah. You know, and I do see them, like, they'll make a whole episode, but then they'll make, like, the little a little mini episode about some, like, side note. You know what I mean? There's got to like be a little... way for you to have, like, an online-only component where you reference, like, the new stuff. You know what I mean?
0: Well, that's actually one thing I figured out was how to do um Amazon Kindle versions of my oh, book. There you go. So I actually released one of my books as a Kindle version um last week, which I never... Thought I'd be able to do, but I figured it out. So that might be an option for sure. Um, yeah. I could always do like a magazine or an insert type thing, like a small thing. That could be. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's. Whenever a I re release,
0: because I mean, the thing is, I have people that want the complete NES, the book that I, you know, the first book that caught fire. Like, it's been out of print. And every day I'm getting requests. And it's like, well, if I do it, I'm going to overhaul it and make it definitive. Mm. Like, it's going to be probably 500 pages when I get done with it. Because, like, right now, like, the formatting in that book is is what I want, but not as crazy. I want the art to pop. I want it to be bigger, better, badder. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> so, That's like, that, <laughs> but the thing is, though, is that, like, I got books before it in line, so I won't do one of those for years. mm like this I'm, I'm working on like the, so the hidden gaming gems like my part's written so i'm starting to work on formatting for the complete sega genesis and right now with the complete genesis i'm like i don't know way far down the pipeline like i told you like i hit a i forgot to add a a game all oh, right so like i'm going through and i manually make all the layouts for the book and, like, I have it, like, like, laid out to where it's it's pretty doable. But I'm in the G's right now. I think I'm in, no, I'm in, like, L or something. I'm up to L in the Sega Genesis. And there's, like, 600 and something games for the Sega Genesis that I'm putting in. Jeez. And I forgot Arrow Flash. Fuck. So I had to go all the way the fuck back and move every game over, the layouts over by one. Through so the whole fucking book, and <laughs> luckily I didn't start adding the art to G yet because I I started doing the text at that point for a while, and so I was like, shit, good thank God. So I only had to go up to G, Gaeris actually, and I I got that done today. Like, and it was so it was like a um I think it was like a a ten hour mistake. And It cost me ten hours to fix all that. That's a lot of time. It was like. <laughs> I think it was fifty pages of editing. Like, jeez, dude. Fucking crazy. And it was, that's like it's not hard, like it's just tedious and crazy. And,
1: right, right. Like, but I'm the thing is, that. going through Clicky.
0: this, man, I realized how, um, how much I didn't play the Genesis growing up because there's so many like box arts that I'm doing. They look fucking amazing. That I've played a lot of the games on emulators or you know, on um, the actual Genesis, but, like, seeing the box art for, for different games, I'm like, I've never seen these box arts before. The Sega Genesis is, is freaking amazing.
1: Yeah, man, there's a lot of underrated stuff on there. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's it's going to be cool, too, because I've played every Nintendo game and every Super Nintendo game now, including Famicom and Super Famicom. So, Because I play every game that's in my books. So, like, cool. I got Genesis to play. So I'm doing the layouts right now. I'm not doing the writing. And then, so once I get all the layouts done for the entire book, then I'm going to go through and play everything and write about them. Jesus, man. And the do, you ever not, thing, do you ever sleep? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> As I said, man, like we were talking, um, you know, like throughout the week, like it's little by little is mm. how I do the progress. Like I would spend an hour or two on the book, like not that long. But, like, fixing these Super Nintendo errors, that's what's consuming me recently. And, I mean, the the Genesis book's going to be freaking ridiculous, though, because there's 200, over 200 brand new Genesis games, like homebrew games. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a third of the Genesis library, U.S. library. Right. (laughs) And that's, Jesus Christ. Some of the games, like, I may not be able to play them. Hopefully I can. I have this one game that's over here it's called Zombie Terror that I bought a while ago and it was a Commodore 64 and a Genesis version and it's like this crazy zombie text-based adventure that's on the Genesis like really? I have it over here it's in a VHS case it's like a horror movie case <laughs> like, dude, There's so many freaking crazy crazy experiences out there man that's why like I'm glad cuz I let the backers and the and the customers I let them vote on what book they want next. Genesis mm. 1 by a Landslide, so... Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's... I mean, the thing is, though, this is gonna take me the next couple years that I'm... Probably the whole time I'm out in Texas, I'll be working on this book, because they take a long time.
1: It is a lot of work, man. And then, especially, like, if you're doing... You know, you obviously, you've got your your time uh, budgeted <laughs> out. If you're doing an hour at a time.
0: <laughs> and And that's it, like... And it might be, like, I do... I don't know, eight hours a week on, on a book, but it's like Saturday and Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes <sighs> that's what it is, like Saturday and Sunday. Because the thing is, I wait, for my job, I wake up at like four in the morning to go to work.
2: <laughs> so like I'll
0: sleep in until six and then wake up, and I'm still two hours, three hours before my family wakes up. Mm-hmm. So I sit there, and I'll work on the book for a few hours, and then, and then it's like before lunch, we'll go do some family stuff. Dude, it's craziness, yeah. man. So so what are you currently working on or do you got anything you want to plug before we uh, wrap things up?
1: Well, you know, I'm, uh, I mean obviously we besides talked a for little bit secret, earlier. Besides yeah. for the secret project. Besides that, you know, we're uh you know, I've got myself into a little rhythm, you know, we got that Kickstarter funded and so oh, yeah. I'm really excited because that record's gonna get done, uh, you know, our second album. And, uh, you know, this one, uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that it's taken as long as it has because through the process, you know, I've been able to figure out, um, you know, some mistakes that, uh, not mistakes, but some things I would have liked to have done better on the first one and how to do them, you know, better. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to that. I I know that by the end of the summer, uh, we're going to have that record and you're going to have a vinyl.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) uh, yeah. (laughs) How many people uh, back that vinyl?
1: You know, man, a couple. <laughs> it was like ten people.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be pretty uh, freaking cool.
1: Yeah, now. it's gonna be. That's gonna be beautiful, and and uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I think I, I don't know if you saw the the, al, the album art on that vinyl. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I'm really proud of that. It's it's. Um, I feel like with the first record, we we barely scratched the surface of what I had originally intended when you know we had this idea, but uh, the second one is going to be much closer to um uh, to what i think mariachi video game music should be you know
0: <laughs> well uh, you are setting the standard like nobody else does it and
1: you know yeah but even then like in my mind so um,
0: almost to where what's in your mind we're almost gonna start scratching the surface
1: yes <laughs> nice. yeah because you know yeah like i said you know with the first one i felt like we didn't even come close like in my mind it sounded so different you know and Um, but we're, we're going to get closer this time. And I think people are really going to enjoy it.
0: Hell yeah, man. And the thing is, if you're not raising the bar on what you're doing with each and every release, you're going to look back with regret. Like that's the thing you're going to learn so much as you continue to create content. Like it's just going to happen. I mean. If you compare my latest release to my first release, it's night and day, and sure, yeah. that's probably how it's going to go back to, to you as well, because we're all doing this kind of what I call like the ground pound way. Like, oh, uh-huh. we're doing it ourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. we don't yeah, have man. some kind of machine that just puts out records or puts out books. It's like we are do doing this our, ourselves by hand. Every
1: every every every, uh, every part of it, every word that goes in there, you know, you typed. You know, every note that goes on that record, you know, somebody had to write it down and play it, you know. <laughs> so
0: you had to play it, you yeah. had to edit it, you had to perfect it.
1: Yeah, everything. Dude. So
0: for Well sure. man, like if there is anybody else out there in music that's as passionate as you, I'd like to freaking meet them because you're a freaking one passionate dude. Oh man,
1: thank you. I appreciate it. Likewise, man. Likewise, and thank you for uh, thank you for having me and you know, thank you for the uh, words of encouragement, you know. Really appreciate you. Man.
0: I ain't, I ain't gonna let you fail, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. You gotta get it. That's the thing, though, man. Is like if we're not there for each other as content creators, like who who else is gonna right. be there for us? Like that's it, man. Yeah, I'm
1: glad we have that. I'm, you know, I'm I'm glad that as creators, you know, we we uh, we help each other out like that. It's, man, you know, nobody else understands.
0: <laughs> it's a really cool community, and like everybody out there that I meet, and it's one of the cool things about going to conventions is you meet other like minded individuals and even just like some of the people that support are just like so positive out there and just trying to make sure that you know you put forth your best foot it's just it's it's humbling and it's awesome and the community's great and that's why I keep going it keeps me motivated you know what I mean for sure yeah for yeah, sure man so I say that's a good spot to wrap up the first little inaugural episode I'm going to continue to probably do this for the The time being, and just to shoot the shit with a bunch of cool people, man. Thanks, Dave, for coming on.
1: Hey, man, thank you for having me, brother. Yeah.